My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. In Haiti, there is little more devastating than the death of a mother. Family life revolves around her. When a mother dies, everything falls apart. In Haiti, mothers die for many things, from violence, from obstructed birth, from eclampsia, from accidents. But I want to tell you about one killer that I've come to detest. I've lost two young women with it over the last year. It leads to the slow weakening of the body, and sadly, in too many cases, it eventually results in death. I'm speaking of heart failure. I want to tell you the story of one of these patients. Marie was 22 years old. I was introduced to her in a roundabout way. The Les Moon Nutrition Program treats children with severe malnutrition all over the city of Guadibouque. We had cared for a young boy named Francis, and after months of treatment, he was eventually brought back to health. A month after he finished the program, his mother came up to me and our nutrition nurse. She had a little girl with her and another young woman in tow. The child was four months old, the cousin of Francis. It turned out the women were sisters. As we looked at them, we saw that the new child was swollen, her lower extremities inflated in the characteristic sign of edema and swelling from malnutrition. We had seen this many times. But the other woman was different. She looked worn out just from walking up to see us. Something was wrong. Miss Bernice and I split up the cases. Miss Bernice examined the child. We discussed the situation and agreed that the child would need to be hospitalized. We had her mother checked in and registered, and she came into the exam room with her sister. She introduced herself as Marie. Her sister helped her with the story. The pregnancy had not been difficult. There were no complications to speak of. It was her first child, and the sisters would have children that were about the same age. But in the months after she gave birth, she started to feel odd. Her legs slowly started to swell, not with the swelling that one normally gets during pregnancy, but with something else. When she pressed on her leg, there would be an indentation. But then, rather than bouncing back into place, it would stay pushed in, like a stress ball. She noticed that she was more tired than usual. She started feeling short of breath when she lied down flat. To an internist, these are the classic signs that she was going into heart failure. Now, heart failure is a common problem around the world. In the United States, it is the number one reason that sick patients are admitted to the hospital. In the developed world, most of these cases are due to high blood pressure or from heart attacks. But there is another kind, less well-known. Just before or in the months after delivery, the inflammatory and hormonal changes in a woman's body can lead to the weakening of the heart. As the heart weakens, fluid starts to back up from the heart as it tries to keep up. The lungs fill with water and the fluid seeps out into the legs and the abdomen. In the United States, this kind of heart failure is not particularly common. But in Haiti, it happens frequently, more than 10 times more frequently. One in 300 births are complicated by heart failure for the mother. Now, one in 300 births is very high. Given that the average woman in our mountain villages has 6.5 children, this means that about 1 in 50 women will eventually suffer from this. As her disease got worse over the next months, her sister took over more of the child care. She could no longer breastfeed the child and certainly could not afford formula. Slowly, the baby became malnourished as well, developing swelling similar to her mother's. Once the baby got sick, her sister was able to convince her and her baby to come to the Lesbati Moon Clinic. Sure enough, as I did an ultrasound of Marie's heart, it was barely squeezing. As we sat with the sisters, we decided that the baby would stay at the hospital with her aunt. As for Marie, 
we would start her on medications to help her urinate in hopes that that would bring the swelling down and take the pressure off her heart. Personally, I was saddened to have another woman with heart failure. In my first month in Haiti, I had seen a new mother with severe heart failure who had died three weeks after I first saw her. She was my first Haitian patient to die. Over the past year, I had seen a handful of women suffering from the disorder. It brought back all those unwelcome memories. I saw Marie a week later. Her daughter was out of the hospital and thriving. We started the daughter on free formula, and her swelling was almost gone. But Marie, on the other hand, was deteriorating. She was now short of breath, even if she wasn't moving. She would need to be in a hospital. Myself and Dr. Lolo, our medical director, conferenced, and we decided to send her to the large hospital in central Haiti called Partners in Health. We provided the mother with money to take public transportation in the form of a covered pickup, and off they went. Marie spent a week in the hospital, and when I saw her next, she seemed to feel better. We continued her on medications to help her urinate. In the United States, we would use a well-known cocktail of medications to help her heart return to normal. With this regimen, less than 10% of women with heart failure from pregnancy in the United States will die from the disorder. But in Haiti, things are more challenging. We had one medication, and we used it. But we did not have the right types of the other classes of medications. For example, of the three recommended medications called beta blockers, I couldn't find any in the country no matter what I did. A third medication was not available in our area. So we went with one medication and hoped for the best. Two weeks passed, and I had not seen Marie. But on a Thursday, I came to the nutrition program, and I found Marie's sister sitting in the waiting area with Marie's daughter. She was crying. I knew what this meant. I was told the story. Marie had gotten much worse. She was short of breath as fluid built up in her body. She had come to the clinic on a Saturday, but we're only open Monday to Friday. In a panic, she had gone to another hospital and been admitted. She had succumbed the same day. Why had she died? I had to sit and think about it. First, it took a long time to get a diagnosis. Haitians without money are often forced to wait a long time to save up to go to see a doctor. This doesn't just mean a doctor's fee. For example, the fees at Lespatimun are nominal. But this also means transportation. This means time away from taking care of your child. Second, there was a lack of consistency. I was her doctor, but each week I was spending time in the rural area seeing patients in the mountains, so it was very difficult for her to be able to set up consistent follow-ups. Consistently taking medications is the way to strengthen the heart. Third was the obvious lack of medications. In the United States, being creative is rarely part of the job description for a physician. But in Haiti, you have to innovate. Often you don't have a medication or it is prohibitively expensive. Even if we didn't have any of these recommended drugs, we should have been more bold in exploring second and third line drugs. These were the painful lessons we had to learn. Two weeks ago, I was seeing patients and another young woman came in with the same familiar story. She had a six-month-old and her legs were swollen. It brought back flashbacks. I ultrasounded her heart and it was predictably very weak. But this time, we felt ready. Myself and our medical director discussed the case. I had already brought up the issue with some cardiologists back home, and we agreed that even if certain medications were not those exactly recommended in the United States, they were better than nothing. We would use one of these less efficacious beta blockers. If need be, after a week, we would send someone into the capital to buy the third medication. So we started her on a two-drug regimen as well as a diuretic. We were very clear with her that we would see her every week to assess her swelling and adjust her medications. We had already set up Wednesdays as the days that I would regularly be in the clinic and I would be able to see her. 
I saw her today, and she is doing remarkably well. She has already shed 12 pounds of fluid, and the new medications seem to be agreeing with her. She is motivated to come each week, and she already feels much better. I have every reason to hope that her heart will heal in the next year, and my further hope is that she will be the first of many others who will not die from a disease that should be curable 90% of the time. Thank you for listening. We would like you to know that we are simply telling stories as we have seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a fascinating history. And there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you and God bless.